Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome in to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. My name is Joel Silverberg. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the KIB podcast as we continue to go through the course of this season. And whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you for taking the time to listen to the KIB podcast. So Knoxville takes two of three over, I guess it was technically, it felt like a three-game weekend. I know third game was played on Monday, but Knoxville played in front of three really big crowds, including two sellouts at home and got two out of three wins. And the Ice Bears have won 10 of their last 13 games. And so it's been a pretty good stretch of hockey here, obviously hoping that the Ice Bears can keep it up and Ice Bears have played in front of four sellouts at home in the month of February already and six sellouts on the year. This has been an incredible year from an attendance standpoint, and I think I can speak on behalf of the entire Ice Bears organization when just reiterating how thankful we are to the Ice Bears fan base for everybody that's been coming out to games consistently. I know we have more members than we've ever had before. We've been selling more tickets than we've ever had before. We've got six home games left in the regular season. We're well on our way to setting an attendance record, which would just be so awesome for the the Coliseum, for the Ice Bears franchise, and it's great for the league. And we're seeing more teams have better attendance numbers across the board in the league this year. I know Pensacola and Roanoke are having uh, solid seasons, and they're continuing to have good years. Huntsville usually does pretty well from an attendance standpoint. Peoria has made the best of their President's Cup championship from last year, so they're seeing a rise in attendance this season. And and say what you will about other teams in this league, but it's good to see everybody across the board doing well from an attendance standpoint because it means that teams are going to be there in the future, that communities want to see teams stay in their respective cities. But for Knoxville this season, it's been Unreal. It sold out both games this past weekend, the 17th for SpongeBob night, the 18th for Wiener Dog races. Just so excited to be getting to call games in front of sold out crowds. I know the players are fired up to be playing in front of sold out crowds, and we certainly hope that uh, that trend will continue. Now, we Knoxville only has one home game over the course of like the next three and a half weeks. That'll be Thursday, March 2nd at home against Roanoke. Before that, the Ice Bears will play the Rail Yard Dogs at the Berglund Center three times this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. All games are at 7.05 Eastern time. And then the Ice Bears are on the road at Macon, on the road for two games against Pensacola. They won't play at home again until March 17th. So March 2nd, happy Gilmore night. Make sure that you've got your tickets locked in. Make sure that you're bringing as many friends as possible because that is Knoxville's only home game for the next several weeks. So be sure to... Lock in your seats. Make sure to invite everyone that you can. Local golf pros are going to be taking shots on the ice uh, because it's Happy Gilmore Night. So we'll be paying tribute to the timeless sports movie classic. It should be a lot of fun. We're very excited for Happy Gilmore Night coming up at 730 at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum on Thursday, March 2nd. And we're partnering with our friends at X Hunger, where if you go to xhunger.com slash ice bears, you can get an ice bears fan pack that includes two tickets to the game as well as 
uh, some really cool merch, including an X-Hunger Chili Bear t-shirt. And if you've already got tickets, if you're a member already and you're thinking, okay, well, I want the t-shirt and I want the merch, but how can I, you know, what, what's the point of buying the fan back if I already have tickets? Well, you there's other donation options available too that you can make a donation to get the t-shirt. So it works out really well for everybody. So they've got options for everybody. Again, go to xhunger.com slash ice bears former tennessee football player Derek furlough is supposed to be in the house for that night uh, if you haven't met Derek furlough he's awesome and, and he's very passionate about what he's doing with x hunger so very involved for a great cause so help the ice bears and our friends at x hunger fight hunger in east tennessee coming up on thursday march 2nd you can buy those fan packs now make a donation and help x hunger fight hunger throughout the course of the next couple of weeks so this past weekend, Knoxville took two of three. I think there were some things that were pretty concerning for Knoxville. Obviously, it's been a tough couple of weeks from a personnel standpoint. You had Bailey Conger miss two games due to an upper body injury. You had Brett Outerkirk get called up. Cam Huff got called up the week before. So Knoxville needing to find some offense. And Knoxville just eight goals in three games. Only seven of those with a goalie in the net. And only... Six of those, six of those seven came in regulation. So uh, obviously not the best week offensively for Knoxville, but credit to Knoxville on Friday and Saturday at home, being able to fight through some of that adversity and hold down the fort defensively and come away with wins over Birmingham and Fayetteville. And so you look at the league standings right now, obviously it's that log jam up there. Knoxville sliding to fourth place with the loss. And that's just kind of been how all this has played out. Knoxville worked its way back into the top four, lost to Birmingham, slid all the way back to six. Knoxville wins back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday. They move into second place. They lose to Huntsville. They're back and forth. And that's just kind of the logjam that we're at right now with every weekend being so pivotal for all of these teams. And so Knoxville has 51 points. Roanoke has 49. Evansville's in six with 48. But both of those two teams have two games in hand over Knoxville. Now, Knoxville's two points out of second place behind Birmingham, but Knoxville has a game in hand over the Bulls, and they've got the head-to-head tiebreaker after taking four of six from the Bulls this season. So the Bulls are in second place. Knoxville's beaten them four times. Huntsville's in third place. From a point percentage standpoint, Huntsville is probably more likely to be the second-place team. They're a point behind Birmingham with two games in hand. So, yeah, you can see how close it is, and Knoxville's going to have a ton of opportunities to make up for that because They still have 16 games left in the regular season. They're still going to play Roanoke nine more times. So as far as the head-to-head, you know, fighting for that fourth and fifth spot as it stands right now, Knoxville's going to have a chance to settle it on the ice. They have one more game against Evansville, and I I think, and and Evansville's playing really good hockey right now. They've won five in a row. Knoxville's going to see them one more time in April. Um, Knoxville's going to face Pensacola, um, going to Florida on March 11th and 12th. So we're seeing how all this it can slowly start to take shape but there really hasn't been a whole lot of separation if anything it's looking more and more likely that Pensacola is going to join that cluster of those five teams that are fighting over spots two through six rather than those teams starting to separate themselves and so I think for Knoxville this is a big weekend upcoming with the three games against the rail yard dogs the ice bears have a chance to kind of create some separation between themselves and Roanoke and and despite the fact that Knoxville has only won two of the first five meetings against the rail yard dogs here. Knoxville is two points ahead of Roanoke with three opportunities to 
do some damage from a head-to-head standpoint. So th- there's a lot that still be deter- to be determined. The thing is, is that all these teams, you know, Birmingham and Huntsville, and then Birmingham and Pensacola, Knoxville and Huntsville, and Knoxville beat Roanoke a couple weekends ago, and you know, Evansville's had a couple of big wins. You know, none of these teams are really starting to pull away from each other. If anything, it's benefited Peoria because they're just continuing to cruise along as they, you know, half of Peoria's schedule, and I'm not exaggerating, 28 of Peoria's 57 games are against Vermilion County, Quad City, and Macon. And so Peoria had the benefit of beating Macon three times this past weekend. And so, you know, now Peoria's looking at trying to continue to separate themselves. I mean, they've got a nine-point lead on Birmingham and a game in hand over the Bulls. So Peoria, it just it seems like everything is setting up very well for Peoria to win the William B. Coffee Trophy for the fifth time. It is also actually setting up well for Peoria to break Knoxville's single-season wins record. So um, Knoxville with 42 wins last year. Peoria currently has 30 and still 16 games to play to pick up the remaining 13 wins. And so, yeah, okay, 13 wins out of 16 games, certainly not guaranteed, but... Given the quality of Peoria's schedule, it is certainly shaping up that the Rivermen could very well put that record in danger. Peoria will play Quad City about a half dozen times. They've got a couple games at Roanoke. They'll play Pensacola twice to end the season. They've got, it looks like, five more games against Evansville. So, you know, with Quad City kind of struggling as of late, especially against the Rivermen, it puts Peoria in a pretty good position to pile up the points and pile up the wins. So we'll see how it all plays out when uh, things shake out by the end of the season. But right now, everybody else is fighting for second place, it seems like, and and trying to get the best possible playoff seating that they can. So going back to that win win for Knoxville over Birmingham on Friday, I thought the Ice Bears responded really well. They gave up eight goals to Birmingham uh, the weekend before and then ended up coming back and really shut Birmingham down defensively, opened up a 3-0 lead. Birmingham clawed their way back into the game, and Knoxville was able to stand tall, killed off penalties when they had to. Uh, They were two seconds away from killing off all three penalties uh, that they committed that led to Birmingham power plays. So I think ultimately kind of pleased with the way that Knoxville was able to fight that one off despite the fact that the offense kind of just flatlined after the beginning of the second period. Knoxville was ahead 3-0 early in the second frame, and... Just couldn't generate anything else from there. And then on Saturday, Knoxville just couldn't get anything past Connor O'Brien despite having an early lead in the second period and then quickly giving up that lead less than a minute later. And then Fayetteville takes the lead going into the second intermission and Knoxville continued to attack. They didn't get down. They didn't press. There were some defensive miscues that led to odd man rushes and breakaways. Christian Stead did a great job at bailing Knoxville out. But Knoxville continued to pursue, and then the four-check ultimately led to Dino Balsamo scoring the game-tying goal, and then he went and got the winner in overtime. And two, I I think also there have been situations this season where if Knoxville's been down and maybe hasn't gotten a favorable call from an officiating standpoint or maybe caught a tough break, that Knoxville kind of found, you know, just couldn't find a way to win those games. And maybe, I don't want to say that the team put their heads down, but I think maybe sometimes that adversity just piles up to the point where you start to lose a little bit of confidence and you end up falling behind, you know, three to one instead of tying the game at two. And I think that happened at the Peoria trip back in January. I think that's happened a couple of other times throughout the course of the season. And with that game against Fayetteville on Saturday, Knoxville is down two to one. Justin Pertillo tries to make a play on the puck, swats the puck off the stick of the player that he ends up tripping. And instead of it being a clean play where Pertillo gets the puck first, 
He ends up getting a tripping minor, so Knoxville's got to kill off a penalty. Well, Knoxville kills off the penalty, and then Colton Fletcher slips behind the defense after a takeaway, and he gets pulled down from behind, and there's no call. And Knoxville, instead of getting down on itself, continues to push and push and push. Balsamo gets the game-tying goal, and then he scores the game-winner in overtime. And so I thought that was a really good win um, for a, a way to you know come from behind in the third period and make a way to pull a couple of goals together to get two very big points. And, and you know, you want to be able to get those because you know you're going to a tough game against Huntsville on Monday. And that obviously didn't go Knoxville's way. And I, I think there was some frustration about the way that the third period unfolded where, you know, I think in the second period it was a matter of some bad puck luck. Knoxville probably could have cleared the puck out before, you know, that tough bounce off the boards led to Rob Dara getting a goal to tie the game. And then Huntsville used that momentum to... Get set up the Robbie Fisher goal that gave him the lead for good. And then in the, in the third period, it was obviously just a really tough, tough break. Nick Price gets hogtied from behind. Jacob Barber goes down immediately and scores. Then there's the fight that ensues, and they don't see the spear on Chris Jones. Instead, they get Justin Pertillo for a cross check. Huntsville scores in the power play. And in a matter of 35 seconds, it goes from Knoxville arguably being down 2-1 to one, but on the power play to Huntsville being up 4-1, to one, and the game just feels like it's out of hand. Now, Knoxville didn't generate more offense. Rasmus Waxenangback hit the post off a shot that you know, was set up really well. Knoxville had a three-on-one that it failed to convert. There was a big scramble during a power play. Justin McDonald, after a rebound, had Mike Robinson out of position. His shot just happened to bounce off the goalie. Knoxville had a ton of shots that were blocked by Huntsville, uh, who I, I think was really motivated to try to make it as easy as possible on Robinson, uh, given that he had given up three goals on eight shots in his previous appearance for the Havoc. So, and, and I think Huntsville's going to continue to compete and be really good, especially now that Max Milosic's back in net. But just an unfortunate ending for Knoxville, and I, I think offensively it just wasn't their best effort. And you know, we'll have to see how they respond because they're going to need goals against Roanoke. And this has been a team where goals have kind of been at a premium for the most part. Now, Knoxville's last couple of games against the Rail Yard Dogs, they've scored five goals each. They only have one win in those two. But you know, I thought... Knoxville played really well against Roanoke, especially defensively when the rail yard dogs were in Knoxville back on February 10th. And then Roanoke followed that up with a really impressive win at Huntsville. Billy Vizzo just got called up to the ECHL for the rail yard dogs. So depending on how their roster shakes out over the next couple of days, you know, Roanoke might be trying to figure some things out offensively themselves. And so it's kind of a matter of, okay, both teams have suffered some attrition at, 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 on their forward groups, which team is going to be able to push forward more to be able to pull out some wins. And the last time Knoxville played the same team three times in three days, weekend started out great, didn't end very well. And, and so I think for Knoxville, you know, it's an opportunity to kind of right the ship. And, and I think it would be a big momentum booster if Knoxville win and was able to kind of win this mini weekend series. Hey, we went to the Berglund Center, which has had really good attendance numbers. It's been a tough place to play, especially for us this season. Um, you know, Knoxville's 1-0-1 at Roanoke this season. And I think for the Ice Bears, it would give them a ton of confidence, especially if Outer Kirk and Huff are still gone this weekend where, hey, we went to Roanoke, which is a really good team and a tough place to play. We took two or three from them. I think that would give them a huge confidence boost, especially since Roanoke comes to Knoxville on Thursday, March 2nd. And so you're going to see that team a lot. You don't want to give up some sort of of mental advantage to Roanoke by going and getting swept on the road this week. So a big three games for Knoxville coming up against the rail yard dogs. 
Uh, very excited to have the games for you on 105.1 WKC. And, of course, Union Place Bar and Grill will have the watch parties all three nights so you can go and watch the games on that big 160-inch video wall that they have there at Union Place Bar and Grill. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Be sure to download the Knoxville Ice Bears game day app. You can play games on there during game days to win prizes and win Ice Bears gift cards. So it's a great way to uh, get more outfitted with Ice Bears merch and a great way to interact with what's happening in the game. Check in, guess who's going to score the first goal of the game for Knoxville and so much more. So I'm Joel Silverick. Thank you so much for listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and tell an Ice Bears fan you know about the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.